0: Hello everyone, how's it going? Welcome back to the Case Interview Podcast. In this clip, you're going to listen to Bruno and I talk about the real reason consulting firms want to know the so what of any number you get to in analytical questions. You're going to learn things like what exactly are consulting firms testing for in that moment and how does this skill appear on the consulting job? Just so you know it, this clip is an excerpt of episode number 15, which is called the number one mistake good candidates make in analytical questions, where we talk about what that mistake is, why so many people make it, and exactly what you should do to avoid it. Now let's go on to the clip. I get that it's important for the consulting job, as the consulting firm's goal is to recommend stuff to the client based on the data that they got, blah, blah, blah. But on your day-to-day job as a consultant, like they get into McKinsey today and then next month they start, why are they going to need this? I don't know. Tell, you tell me why. <laughs> so here's, here's what comes to my mind. They're going to need to do a ton of work independently, right? Uh, whoever their boss is, they expect them to be able to solve the problems that they find, get the data that they need and distill it into the most important decisions. And then actually be able to make that decision and move on and do the next thing. Without asking. Yeah, without asking for guidance, without having to wait for guidance. If guidance takes time to come by, you know, maybe you'll get to a conclusion on Thursday. And that means that you need to talk to the CEO, but you can only talk to the CEOs on Friday mornings. But then you're going to talk to the partner on Friday afternoon. And so you can only talk to the CEO again on the next Friday morning. They want consultants who can interpret the data and make those decisions by themselves. And if they see that you're not doing that by yourself in the interview, they're not going to be safe that you can do it by yourself on your first week of work. And so they don't want you in their
1: team. Right. Yeah, I think I like this point because I, I think people don't realize that if you just get to the number and that's it. Okay, maybe you're smart, you're intelligent, you're good with numbers. But then every time you get to a new number, you have to ask people, what does what should I do now? And that creates a lot of dependencies. like your manager is gonna have to be around all the time or the partner, and they have their work to do. But if you're the kind of person who can get to a number and you say, well, I got to this number. What this means is that these hypotheses don't make sense anymore. And looking at my plan, looking at my structure, this means that I can't make a recommendation yet because I still have this other hypothesis to test, but not these three ones that were eliminated by this analysis mm-hmm. because of what this number means. So they know, okay, my next step is to test this one hypothesis. And they can even like make plans based on it. They can say well, this one hypothesis has maybe two outcomes and it takes like a couple of days to test and it's the last hypothesis that I need to test to make a recommendation, which means that in about two or three days, I will have a firm recommendation to make. So it's much better to work with this person than the person who's like, oh, it's 25, mm-hmm. which is big because we were expecting 21, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Which is how most people finish their analysis in cases.
0: Yeah, exactly. Imagine you're a manager and like your analyst is doing is running analysis. And then the analyst gets to a worrisome number. There are two scenarios. One scenario, the analyst calls you and says, we're screwed. What do we do? The other scenario is the analyst realizes we're screwed. And then they think, what does this mean? This means that I ha- we have to do X, Y, and Z over the next week or so. right. And so they decide what's the best way to do X, Y, and Z. And then when they talk to the manager, they say, oh, we need to do X, Y, and Z because of this thing that happened. Right. And so it's a lot calmer to the manager and they can live their life better.
1: Right. Like we're screwed, but I have a solution and the solution is this. Yeah. Shall we do it?
0: And essentially in all those situations, what you're saying by showing the skill is, I got this. Yeah. What you're saying is that you're reliable. In a way, this reliability yields you leadership, not only in the consulting job, in any intellectual field of work, actually. If you can take a number, interpret it, or you can take a conclusion and interpret it and decide what you and everyone else needs to do based on that to get to the shared result, that makes you a leader that people are going to look for when they need to decide
1: what to do. Right, because you can control the problem-solving process. You know exactly what to do next. People feel like you, you got your shit together. And like it, it even passes some emotional confidence to people because you know what you're doing. And you actually know it. It's not like you're making stuff up. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Case Interview Podcast. If you want to get more
0: insights into how to prepare like the best candidates and increase your chances of getting your dream offer, you can listen to our entire back catalog starting from episode one. In fact, some of our best episodes are the ones we recorded earlier on. And if you want to go deeper and learn our best case solving techniques, we welcome you to join our free course called Case Interview Fundamentals. And you can get instant access to it at craftingcases.com slash course. Now, I hope to see you in the next episode, or in one of the previous ones.